Sports Podcast. I said, Welcome to, welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast with Andy Ruther and Joe Prano. Welcome to, welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast. Welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Andy Ruther. Coming to you live from Cincinnati, Ohio, with my co-host from Palm Springs, California, Joey Noche Oprano. Hello, Andrew. Happy post-Christmas. Happy Boxing Day. Is that Canadian thing? Yeah. Canadians got some weird holidays. Yeah. Happy Boxing Day, everybody. That doesn't have anything to do with the actual sport, correct? No, and I don't even know if it has anything to do with getting rid of your boxes from yesterday. We've we talked about it on the Kook's comedy a few times with my former Kook of Canadian co-hosting. It has nothing to do with the the boxer breed of dog, I assume either. Right? It does not. Okay. It does not. All right. Well, yeah. Here we are. Post Christmas, I mean, I'll I'll, and it, I'll I'll be honest with the dirt balls. You know, I I wanted another day off. Not that this is uh, we're not laying bricks here. I, I understand that, but you know, it would have been nice to just you know ease into uh, the quote unquote work schedule. So, well, so- Andy, you know, uh, uh, the as I always say, we owe the dirt balls nothing. We give them everything. Um, you know, you could, you, I don't know why that, that wasn't a message that was sent, sent my way. I would have been like, yeah, let's do it tomorrow. You know me, I'm easy. I'd have been like, I'll take another day off. Well, I also know there's a, there's so much, you can't do it at this point in the football season. There's just so much to talk about. Yeah, it would be, it would be, uh, if we had different picks on tonight's Monday night football game, I would have, I would, might've said, let's push it to tomorrow so that we could see who's going into week 16 with the lead. No, no more, no more of this going against my gut. That's all I'm going to say about that. If I have major issues and ran about Zach Wilson for two straight minutes and then pick the jets, I'm clearly not listening to my own self. So no more like fuck it, the Broncos. And I'm not making excuses. I buried my own grave right now to be tied with you i I would say i would say for for starters since those are the two that you brought up just uh and and this is a free gift for you um from me for the last two weeks of the season um stop picking bottom three in the league quarterbacks named wilson stop stop picking guys who arguably should not be in the nfl named wilson yeah, no, I I, I agree, and, and we'll start. We can start there. But for the record, let's let's go back to that Jets game. I I would say that Thursday night game for me, just as a viewer, was one of the just oddest games between how poorly they played offensively and the crowd. Just, I mean, I've not, have you ever seen a guy hated? Who was just drafted? That that's why it's important. Like you're a New York guy, you understand how the New York crowd can be. But dude, he was just drafted. It's done, Joe. He's done. He his days playing for the Jets. There's no returning already. 
And and the the Zach Wilson story is Zach Wilson. There's really, you know, he's he's very much a guy who showed no NFL ability in college. It was it was totally this like pro day boner and this whatever. And and to be fair, obviously, um, Trevor Lawrence went one, and and you know you've got to pick. You you need a court like they would have loved to be able to pick Trevor Lawrence. Of course, I think Adam Gase, you know, had a two game win streak or something like that at the end of the season to move them out of that spot because the Jets are the Jets. But, you know, I tweeted it and I, I actually believe it. If Sam Darnold were the Jets quarterback, they'd be the five seed. Like the Jets are have a good enough defense and a good enough game plan that they really don't need somebody who's anything more than just competent. Sure. And Zach Wilson is incompetent. I mean, we're, we're not looking at guys who in the last few years became good quarterbacks after struggling in their rookie year. We're looking at a guy who can't complete a screen pass. We're looking at a guy who's throwing the ball, you know, five, six yards left, right, short and over guys who are open. Like, He's just straight up bad. Yeah, I don't know how else to describe it. He's just bad. And like you said, you can see can... overmatched, you know, again. And I've talked about the the the, the shitty school quarterback, but I, I always love the shitty school quarterback that has to play the top programs and deal with the, you know, deal with like play in the SEC, but not on the great team. So you're dealing with edge rushers who are going you're going to be facing in the league you're dealing with crazy you know good defensive schemes like what are you doing in the mountain west or the whack or wherever and god knows that byu plays football well that's the Just thing in a, in, in a very non-defensive conference always been i mean steve young's the single BYU quarterback that ever worked out despite having tons of them through the years who were like, look at this guy's statistics. Yeah. But the thing about Zach Wilson, which is really interesting, he played three years. He only really had one great year. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's the thing. Like, I, I, I don't know. For, for me, and I could be wrong, I, I would love actually see, to see the numbers on this. Guys who've had like one run really good year I don't know how often they, they they turn out. Like even Bur- Burrow, okay, so Burrow had a record-breaking year. The year before that, he was pretty good. Like he wasn't yeah. terrible. He wasn't great. My point is, Zach Wilson, pull up his numbers, man. 12 touchdowns, 11 touchdowns, 33 touchdowns. Yeah. Y- you know, my point is 1,500 yards, 2,300 yards, thirty about 3,700 yards. It's like he didn't, he didn't put up insane numbers and i know some of these guys don't like justin herbert i I don't have his numbers on top of my head i know justin herbert was a big upside type of guy which i guess is what they were saying zach wilson would be but the jets dude sometimes but even but even but sometimes just the eye test on the on the base level alone is where you got to start justin herbert is bigger yeah stronger true more of an arm like Everything like the eye test alone. If if you were casting a movie, and you were like, "We need a a hot up and coming fucking quarterback," you would cast Justin Herbert. 
sure. you'd cast you'd cast Zach Wilson as the douche rival quarterback from the other school who whose team doesn't let black kids play. Like yeah, you well, would, you'd, you'd cast him as the villain. Sure. But on some of those throws, right, particularly that last game against the Jags, he's just chucking it. And I know the announcers even said that. He's just, dude, he's going back there and he's saying, I'm going to roll to my right. I'm going to chuck it across field. I hope somebody catches it. Just chucking it like backyard football. They give up 19 points. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's not like the D. Now, the D didn't play their best game. But if I asked you for any they team. Give, the, the D didn't play their best game, but they, they give up one touchdown. That's what I'm saying. They give up. I mean, you have a offense slash quarterback problem. If your team's giving up one touchdown. One. And you're also kind of getting blown out. There's not kind of. They, they were never in that game ever. Right. The crowd went absolutely nuts when they yanked him. It's done, and I don't know where he goes. Like, this is such a quick downfall. And it's funny that you brought up, and obviously we'll get to Russell Wilson. Like, the two Wilsons, I've never seen, I've never seen where you're like, I don't know where this guy goes. Like you said, yeah. normally you're like, hey, hey, give, there's some shades of, you could, you could be something. Zach Wilson's like, I'm easily the worst quarterback in the NFL. And Russell Wilson was like, hold my non-alcoholic red wine that I drink at church with communion. <laughs> I don't know what to make of the Russell Wilson thing because, well, I can make a few things. One is, I firmly believe he's not that bad. He just can't be. There's, there's no way. I, I understand the system that he had in Seattle, the coach, the running game, the defense when he started his career. But there's no like he he is now to the point of it's. I think I saw a lot of tweets about this. It's literally like Russell Wilson forgot how to play football. It's that bad. Just throwing the ball right to you guys. I mean, I think the this the fact of the matter with Russell Wilson is he's a pretty middle of the road quarterback, like from from every standpoint. And he was in a situation with a yeah, but great Joe, he's coach. not he's not playing no, but, but, Joe, he's but playing saying, next level bad. He's not right, but 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 this is this is the this is the situation is everybody who thought Russell Wilson was great was conned by him having a great coach and a good team and a situation that elevates what he does well. And so everybody got unrealistic visions of what he actually was. And now he wasn't just put on a middle of the road team and we could see middle of the road Russ. He was put on a bad team with a bad coach. Although I would argue that they're not even that like, I mean, the last couple of years, they weren't bad football teams. But he obviously has a bad coach who's now since been fired. Um, you know, uh, injuries, lack of weapons, whatever. But that's the difference, and and you know, sort of exactly what I've always been saying. It's like this isn't this is this isn't, and nor never was an elite quarterback that elevates his team around him. He never did it. 
If you think he did it, you were wrong. He just didn't. If anything, he was elevated by the team around him. And now we're seeing what's happened when he doesn't have a, a coaching staff and doesn't have a scheme that's built around covering up his flaws. He's atrocious. And they fired the coach because they can't fire the quarterback because they're already paying him. But like I said, I mean, even even if we say, okay, let's say he's middle of the road. He he's like he can't even complete a pass is what I'm, like, I'm saying. Like it's it's so bad that you're like this guy. Does he realize those guys aren't on his team? Like he, when you watch it again, I've never seen anything like this. I mean, I tweeted it yesterday watching Russell Wilson, Jesus freak Russell Wilson play football on Christmas Day like that. How does one believe that there's a God? This guy spends his whole day giving glory to God. They're like, and on Jesus' birthday, you shall shine to the tune of three picks and getting fucking blown out by a team that's already been eliminated from the playoffs. What about 50 burger on you? So I was reading a lot of the tweets from, uh, where, where is it? Sorry, I'm trying to pull this up. From Jeff Schwartz, your former Giants player. You follow him, right? Yep. And he, he he's always breaking down the, the Russell situation or, you know, breaking down everything. He, he's on SiriusXM. And, and I thought, and people were trying to argue with him on this, but I think he's right. So they cut to this video. Russ is talking to his O-lineman. They're down 34 to 6 at the time. He's talking to his O-lineman. He's holding the football right by his mouth. And they're right next to him. And Jeff Schwartz thinks he, and I think he's right. And people were arguing with him, but I, I disagree with all those people. I think Schwartz is right. He says, I know I'm picking on Wilson, but this explains so much. He's worried about the cameras when they are down 34 to six and his linemen are yelling at him. Just be normal, dude. Sit down and chat, scream back. Do something other than hide your mouth because the cameras might be around. I think he's right. This is how out of touch, tone deaf, whatever you want to use, Russell Wilson is. He's so worried about his fucking image. Dude, play football. Why are you why are you covering up what somebody might hear or see? He cares. I've never seen a guy care so much about his image that plays quarterback ever. He he, you know, I've used I've used the phrase a lot and we'll we'll talk more about the Vikings later. But the, the word fraudulent is comes up a lot this time this year, a lot, a lot this time of year as you're determining what teams are for real and what teams are frauds. But Russell Wilson is the definition of a fraud. He is the walking, talking poster child of fraudulence because he was fraudulent the whole time. And then he bought into his fraudulence and thought he was a star and was demanding this, the let Russ cook and the whole thing. And then he gets his money and he gets his new team. And then he's fraudulenting his image uh, all off season. And then he's fraudulent in his, 
play on when when a team isn't built solely to cover his fraudulence. He is the walking definition of fraud. And from a play standpoint, from a personality standpoint, from a way he treats his teammates standpoint, from a relationship with his coach standpoint, it's all it's it's the epitome of fraudulent. And and in the NFL, especially nothing is going to make the guys who are going out there and blocking for you hate you more than you being fraudulent in the in the face when you have all you have to do is just be fucking like guys what the fuck are we doing here but he just continue, he's just doubling and tripling and quadrupling down on his fraudulence i'm going to say he, this right now i'm going to and this people might think i'm crazy i think he's mentally ill like like there's something wrong with him mentally to continue to do that behavior there's something like dude when you're so out of touch of what everyone is seeing and you can't see it right in front of your face. You have something wrong with you mentally. Yeah, but I, you I've, know what? Yeah, but you know what? It's as simple as this. It's as simple as this. And and you know, I don't care that I was a man on an island with a fucking, you know, a a, a torch screaming the opposite. But Russ ha- believed everything everybody said about him. He's great. His deep ball. His he wins every game. You you get Russell Wilson. You win ten games. Blah, blah blah. He people screamed it at the top of their lungs for years and years and years, and he believed it. He, 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 well, they he did though. The that that's the thing though. He, he, here's here's the thing. Here's where to me it's like really interesting. He did have a nice deep ball. He had a great deep ball. I'm talking yeah. guys blanket. Guys are blanketing the receivers. He knew how to find them. He did always win 10 games. That's what's crazy. It's yeah, but like, it didn't. It turns out it didn't have anything to do with Russell Wilson because the Seahawks are going to win nine games and now the Broncos are going to win four. But see, this is what I think. I think, again, I've said this all. I think it's somewhere in between. I think he's somewhere in. I, I think at its yeah, core. Yeah, you're right. He is somewhere in between. He's middle of the road, 17th best quarterback in football. I think. I think we'll see, like, I, I don't know. Like, obviously he's going to, he's going to be their quarterback next year. And I'll be curious. Like, I'm really curious how this plays out. But like I said, I think he's got something mentally. His mental state is so lost. He is the worst team around him. I've never, I've never seen a team because he doesn't have friends. This is what's obvious. People who don't have true friends, a buddy to pull them aside, a family member to pull them aside. This is what happens. Sometimes you have to just keep it real with somebody, right? No one's keeping it real with him. And, and, and here's what I think. And I think his wife guys were keep guys were keeping it real with him. And they chose Russell Wilson over them in Seattle. And that is how we got here. To me, it's almost like he surrounded himself in some sort of Scientology cult, including Ciara. Cause she's all in on this. And obviously she's a pop star. And it's like, I almost feel like he brainwashed her. He's not smart enough to brainwash anybody the whole thing is nuts like when i watch him play you're like what is this that game was over in the first quarter against baker mayfield and both wilson's have something in common to bring it back to the both wilson's when you've lost your teammates god damn it roscoe i'm gonna have to let him out i don't know what's going on i hate to do this he just keeps looking at me 
Maybe I shouldn't have given him turkey bacon. Uh, when you've lost your teammates, you can't return from that. Like, like Zach Wilson lost that entire team. They hate him. Russell Wilson's already lost this entire team. And clearly everybody else hated him in Seattle. Like people don't like you, bro. What else, of, they, what, what else do they have in common? They're Jesus freak dipshits. If you can't look at yourself and say, hey, man, why, why do people not like me? There's no accountability. They should start their own buddy comedy. Yeah. Their own little sitcom. Although that'd be the most boring, uninteresting sitcom ever. Wilson and Wilson. I mean, what would the premise even be? I don't know. Them taking a road trip to Jerusalem to try to get back to their fucking, to, to find their Lord and Savior to see if he can give them their magical football powers again. Yeah, but Zach Wilson's Mormon, so he's not going to Jerusalem. I mean, they still believe they're 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 Jesus Christ people, aren't they? Yeah, but I don't fully really understand it. Is this gonna be awful if I have to pop out for a minute? I know we're live on YouTube. No, I mean, what what is pop out? Pop out for him? What do you gotta do? Just let Roscoe wear? I gotta let him out, but then I gotta let him in because the ground's covered in snow. So then I gotta like, I can't just let him in the backyard because he like it's too cold. This is a disaster. He's never done this, bro. What's going on? He's just staring at me. Like what? What did Vince do when like he had to go out? I mean, yeah, he but he go by, he go by the door more. Rock was just staring at me. Like, you know, it's crazy. He understands when I say potty. You want to go potty? And is and he's is he reacting to that? Yeah. All right, YouTube crowd, hold tight. I don't know what you want to do, Joe. If you just want to pause it too, say we're taking a break. I mean. What else is there to talk? What is there anything you want me to talk about while you're gone? You don't want. Well, I, oh, no, I, I want to be. I'd love to be a part of all this. Okay. Oh, oh, you want me to play? How about, how about this? How about this? I don't know if I can play a call. Yeah. I want to play a call, an NBA call about the scoring title. Okay. I bet, I bet you have a good input on this, like how they okay. define the scoring title. Right. And then, and then I'll pop back in. This is my life now. My fucking dog is making me stop the show. Okay. I'll be back in like five minutes. Okay. Uh, hey, Joe and Andy. It's Mark. Um, I had a question about the NBA. Uh, I saw some people talking about how they think the scoring title should be based off of total points scored that season and not the points per game with a limit. Like, or a minimum games like we have now. Um, I thought it was interesting because in other sports, like in the NFL, we don't do that with quarterbacks. It's just who threw for the most yards. We don't do yards per game or yards per attempt. Um, so, yeah, that's it, really. Uh, I want to see what you think. Later. Um, well, essentially... Thanks for the call. First of all, essentially, I think that I wouldn't be surprised if for a lot of seasons in the NBA, it was both. Um, but the, the simplest answer to that is, you know, it's so many games in the NFL, the 
a 17 game season, it's it's far easier to track and uh, how many people throw for how many yards. And but also, we don't really talk about it. Like, you know, you could there's probably NBA fans who can name the last 10 scoring titles, or baseball fans who can name the last 10 batting titles in in a division. Um, and, but the NFL, no one's going, oh, this guy won the passing, most passing yards, and this guy, w- w- the most, whatever, rushing titles, I guess, which again is total yards. Um, but in baseball, obviously they do batting average because it's a long season. So you're not doing the most hits um, because some guys get more at bats than than other guys. Some guys play more games than other guys. So I think the idea that in the NBA, it's a points per game, rebounds per game, blocks per game. Uh, I I don't know. To me, it feels like it makes more sense. Now, that being said, I'm probably um, fans of the guys who would benefit from it being total points. You know, I have a feeling LeBron James would be regarded higher as a scorer if we were talking about total points in a season, obviously total points in a career. Um, we're, we're looking at a, a, we're looking at a LeBron James who will um, have the most points ever um, on a higher shooting percentage than a lot of the guys that he has passed. Um, obviously he won't have a higher shooting percentage than Kareem who is played on the block, but um, we're gonna we're gonna have a guy who has the most points ever, and did it in a in a more, um, you know, on on less shots per game, on, on a more in in a more efficient way, and you would go, oh, he's the best scorer ever, and he won't be regarded as the best scorer ever. You know, people will always say Michael Jordan or I, I, Iverson or Durant or whoever as quote unquote scores. Um, so like in some way I agree with you because I think that that would um, the, the, the guys that I think are actually better players would probably benefit from it being talked about that way. But in the NBA, in terms of the conversation year in and year out, it seems more, it seems easier to say, uh, the scoring title is coming down to James Harden at 30 points a game versus, you know, whoever at 29, as opposed to, oh, we've got a uh, 4,517 points for this guy. And for, you know, it's it just seems like it's e- an easier method to track and either easier method to discuss year in and year out who is, quote unquote, the league's leading scorer. Um, I don't necessarily know that it's right, but I think it's just uh, digestible for the fans, for discussion, for, um, you know, when you see a box score on SportsCenter at the end of the game and it's all, this guy went for 30, this guy went for 32, this guy went for whatever, and you can just say, this player scores 30 points a game, you know, as opposed to this guy scored X amount of points in this entire season. So I just think it's probably for that purpose and that purpose alone, even though I in some ways agree with I I think that they're correct in 
in doing it that way for the reasons that it serves. But also, I, I think I agree with you in terms of the fact that we would probably regard players that that deserve more accolades as scorers more if we were talking about totals. Thanks for taking over, Joe. Oh, yeah. Is there ever been a more it was bitch perfectly moment? timed, Andy? I mean, was, yeah. Has there ever been a more bitch moment in my life? Than letting your dog out? I would argue, I would argue 30 or 40 that I know of. You know, okay. I mean, you just let your dog out, man. Well, yeah, it's I okay. just, I just, he had, and he did. He shit. He had to shit. I just was like, no way he's going to hold this for the next 90 minutes. He would never shit in the house, but yeah. Uh, not, not a bitch move, honestly. Okay. Just, yeah, your dog got the shit. It's all good. Well, it's just so the so we got hit with like snow here, and he's such you know how this is with the small dog, like yeah. his he can't like he can't like his paw, it just gets it gets stuck and it's too cold. It's not like a bigger dog that can just walk through it. He loves the snow, but and then it froze. We got like eight inches, and then it was all you know in the negatives temperature. So the poor guy is just uh like even there, I gotta like get the snow off his fur but whatever here we are i'm sure you did a great explanation of how they do the nba scoring title yeah i think i did and and, and that's our nba talk for the next two months <laughs> well i was gonna say you know that's 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 kind of the thing that sucks about um there was something it would have been nice if if christmas eve fell on a sunday a sunday you know um and Christmas Day was on a Monday. I agree. I, I I didn't. It was nice to have Christmas Eve football, but it was annoying to have Christmas Day football and basketball. Basketball, we've talked about it. it Christmas Day is the unofficial start of basketball season, and I remember there was a time before you essentially stopped watching baseball or basketball, where we would have an NBA preview episode right around Christmas. Um, it was the annual dirty sports, you know, we get Chris wild on to make fun of you or whatever. And we would do Christmas talk, but yesterday, you know, it, it still does to me as a big NBA fan, it does feel like the unofficial start of the season. And, and it, it sucked to have to share that with football. Well, and I, you know, it's funny. I said that yesterday, I was like, look, I'm obviously NFL diehard NFL guy, but like, dude, at some point I need a break guys. Like I was kind of annoyed that Christmas fell on a Sunday and then they were like, we're also going to take over Saturday, you know, cause there's a point where I'm like, okay, I just want to watch Christmas shit, spend some quality time with people, you know, some loved ones. It's like NFL, like the truth is I, I didn't, you didn't, you didn't watch a second of the NBA yesterday. No, I didn't. But I also only watched a quarter of that Rams game. Okay. And I watched, I watched none of the Bucks game. I watched none of it. I was like, dude, I'm not, I'm not, I, I checked my phone occasionally to see the score, but it's like, guys, at some fucking point. I you did like, watch, you did watch Dolphins Packers. I did watch Dolphins Packers. I'd like to talk about that game and the Dolphins in general. Yeah, let's it, go for it. It's just come up. Um, you know, we, both of us were really um, skeptical of Tua since he came into the league and critical of him. And just saying, and I think rightly so, um, what has he done? You know, I, I, I think, you know, we, both of us uh, on this show, and I've, I've seen it 
in, in the conversations on social media, you know, you criticized for our takes that we just have and, and what are they based in, you know, and, and, and I'll say it, we'll, we'll obviously talk about the, my Viking, the Vikings against my giants, but like, I've been accused of being biased against Kirk cousins. Like I don't have any bias. Like, why would I, what do I give a fuck? I don't give a shit. He's not on my team. Um, but like both of us kind of skeptical of Tua because it's like there was there was a weird Tua contingent that loved and believed and said he was going to be an MVP and all that stuff and it's like based on what based on what had he done in the in the NFL and coming in and at, at some point for a while getting outplayed by Ryan Fitzpatrick and uh and at some point being sort of incompetent to the level where they were in sort of a Jets situation where they had a defense and they still weren't doing anything because he just couldn't complete passes and he couldn't, you know, uh, move the ball downfield. And then this year he comes out, he has a great start to the season before obviously his brain injury. He comes back, he still plays well, but there is a moment in the season where he finally started. I mean, I was not getting into the point where I was about to say he was an elite quarterback by any means. But it was like, can is he somebody that we can believe in as a competent? And if you remember that that day on this podcast, I said, well, this is it. He goes and he plays the Niners in San Francisco. This is it. This is where you you are. You you prove you're going against the best defense with the best pass rush with probably the defensive player of the year on the road. And I even said he doesn't have to necessarily win that game he just has to go out and compete and be really good in that game and give them a chance and since that day they haven't won a game yeah they haven't won a game since the day we said here's his opportunity here's his chance to show us what he what he is because i'm he's he's drawing me in he's drawing well, me in and now he, well, they, Joe, they haven't won a game since then i don't know if you remember this because but we both said this after the bills game and people, I think some people looked at us like you guys are being assholes, but we both specifically said your September game doesn't mean shit. It doesn't. Your early NFL September game doesn't mean anything. The games that really matter, dude, look, look at, look right now at the teams that are clicking, right? The Bills have won six in a row. The Bengals have won five in a row. The Chiefs. If won a bunch of the, the point is the good teams are playing good football right now. And conversely, and we'll get to him in a minute. Conversely, you know, who's won three in a row, the Packers and Aaron Rodgers. So like good quarterbacks win in December. And I know, but also the, the other thing is like you're saying about this is there's people keep pointing to this game or this game or this game or this game. And it's really it, the NFL isn't about one game. It's absolutely about being great now with consistency. Correct. But, but also, but also honestly, this is all to get you into the playoffs. Really? None of it matters. Like really just the playoffs matter. Like it doesn't matter. You can lose your one game that you lose a season. If you're the Eagles can be to the Colts or it can be to the chiefs. It doesn't matter. 15 and one is 15 and one or, you know, 15 and two, whatever the, the, the case may be like, it doesn't matter who you're beating in the regular season and who you're losing to. It just matters. Are you the best team in your division? Are you the one seed? Are you the two seed? Are you getting a home game? Are you, 
uh, those things matter. Your who you beat and who you don't beat doesn't matter nearly as much as are you getting a buy? Do you have a home field in the wild card round? Will you have home field in the divisional round? Will you have home field in a in a conference championship game? Because really, all that matters. There, it, this is levels. You know, it's like it's like um, a video game. Like you're on the opening level right now, and then you start getting into level two's a playoff game, level two's two playoff games. And it's just the bottom line is right now I'm judging teams solely. There was, there was a point in the year where we're judging teams on, will they make the playoffs? Won't they make the playoffs? We're we've now, we're now at the point of the year where we're judging teams on, can they really contend? Sure. Can they play in a Super Bowl game? Could they play in a conference championship game, which at this point in the NFC, probably everybody can play in a conference championship game. So we love talking quarterbacks on the show. It's by far our favorite topic concerning the NFL. And when we discuss that, we have obviously like, you know, so many different discussions. We go in so many different ways, but I, I want to bring up something particular when it comes to talking quarterbacks and something that I don't know if we've really discussed before. The way the NFL is played now, you know, pretty quickly if he's going to be that guy. Agreed. Like, like, like now the league is moving so quickly, you know, in the years past, it might take some years, right? Like, is this guy going to be our guy? You know, by year two, I think, you know, pretty quickly if somebody's not going to be the guy. And I think you, you need, you might need a couple of years to determine if somebody's going to be your franchise QB because so often great quarterbacks or or highly touted quarterbacks get drafted to terrible teams. For sure. But my Trevor point Lawrence, is- Trevor Lawrence is the guy in Jacksonville. And he was so highly touted out of college that there wasn't really a point where everybody was off the bandwagon, but there was points during the last couple of years where he looked atrocious. For sure. But but again, Trevor Lawrence is in year two. My, my point is, yeah. you should know. This is all. This is what I'm gonna say. Is I'm, I'm gonna draw a line in the sand right now. I think if you're a top five pick, you should know by year three. Like you said, you don't have to be performing at an insanely high level, but you should know by year three if you're that guy. But let's let's just go through guys drafted in the top five recently. You knew if Burrow, if Herbert, if Josh Allen, if Trevor Lawrence, you've known if they're that guy. I mean, I, I I would say I would say you could argue Josh Allen's first couple of years made you question if you he knew by year three though. Look it. at his numbers. Yeah, they, they made the playoffs. My point is, you knew by year three on Josh Allen. I'm bringing this up because we don't know on Tua, and that would make me extremely concerned if I'm a Dolphins fan. Here's my takeaway from yesterday's game, and from his whole season. He, dude, guys, he can't. He puts up numbers when Tyreek Hill or Waddle makes some insane yard after catch play. That's his numbers. He can't. You watch these other quarterbacks, but the other three in the AFC, the best three, right? Mahomes, Allen, and Burrow. Those guys can play the long game as far as they can play the deep pass or they can play the dink and dunk. We're going to drive 80 yards. I am not convinced Tua can do that. Well, and he is a this, he is a roster. This is again. This is what 
this is what the difference is between elite NFL quarterbacks and middle of the road NFL quarterbacks is T Higgins is probably, they're probably not going to be able to sign everybody. Right. But whoever that got random receiver X that comes out of college and gets his spot on the roster is going to put up numbers. Tyreek Hill leaves guys come in. They put up numbers. Tua, what was he statistically before they got him elite receivers? And now, if you're paying Tyreek Hill that money, and you're going to pay Waddle money to, to continue to carry a Tua, and then you go pay Tua, now what do you have? A team that probably can't feel the defense? A team that probably has question marks on an offensive line like you're talking about having to pay those elite players and i'll just say it nice time you know everybody's still so i deal with it every week and the kirk cousins saying must be nice to have the best receiver in football on a rookie deal saving errant throws saving close your eyes and chuck kirk cousins what about when you got to pay him? Yeah. I just think when you have three fourth quarter interceptions and the level, or I should say the type of interceptions where he's throwing it right to the guy, right? So so it's like, and I tweeted this out. This is literally what my girlfriend said. And, and for the background, my girlfriend, like, she'll she'll be there with me watching games. Bless her heart. She doesn't know shit about football. She just doesn't. Like, like she knows enough, but like, let me put it this way. She's more hung up on the facial hair and the 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 hair. Does this make sense? Like, she's watching a game and she's hung up on those things, the tattoos. Like, oh, that's interesting. Like, she doesn't know football. She said this verbatim watch while the Dolphins game was on. Do you think Tua's brain injury caused him to be colorblind and he can't see who he's throwing it to? That's how bad those passes were yesterday. Yeah. But it also led us to the greatest post-game interview of all time. I'm going to say it. Jair Alexander's post-game interview with Pam Oliver, who sounded drunk for the record. Uh, Gave us one of the best post-game interviews, which I tweeted from Dirty Sports. It's basically a Key and Peel sketch in real life. The audio is not going to do it as much justice as the visual, so check it out on Twitter or our Instagram. But this is what Alexander said. Again, he had one of the interceptions on Tua. Walk us through that play. What happened and how'd you grab it? Oh, man, that's easy. Can you hear it? I'm just lining up. I seen number 10 motion over. Hey, Jones. Huh? I seen number 10 coming across the field. I said, oh, snap, he fast. So I bagged off. When I bagged off, I seen him coming. He ran right in front of me. I'm like, wow, is he really overthrowing it? Huh? Took it down the sideline, turned over with my guy, gave the football to a little kid wearing 23. I love it. Merry Christmas to you. I already have more to say. That was fantastic. <laughs> if you celebrate it, Merry Christmas, go to a time with your family. We got to do it, baby. Pack is back. Amazing. 
all time interview uh, right there. The the first thing that came came to my uh came to my brain like he was halfway through it and I was like, oh, he owes he owes some some money to the the surfer guy who got interviewed on the news that had to hit the lip. Like I was like, this is I've never seen something that felt like the NFL's version of that same energy. I saw some people responding with that gif. Just describing what happened. Went up, hit the lip, came back down, just get pitted. So pitted. But, but you can tell in that interview, Alexander, again, he's like shocked. He's like, I saw the ball. Like it was almost like, well, he's just he's throwing it to me. He's throwing he's, he's yeah. overthrowing it like that. Okay. So a couple questions. This is, I think, a great discussion. Dolphins, Packers. I'll, I'll start with each. Do the Dolphins make the playoffs? No. I agree. Do the Packers make the playoffs? No. They got to win both and get a little help. I say no. I, I say yes. Win, I think win both could happen, but they, they still need a little help because... They need a Washington loss. And is that it? Do they, would they get in over... If they get into nine wins, do they get in over the Lions and over the Seahawks? I believe so. I could be wrong. So the Giants have a tiebreaker over the Commanders. The Giants also just need one win. The Giants with nine wins are in because the Giants will be would be nine seven and one, and not nine and eight. Correct. The, the Packers, Seahawks, and Lions already all have eight losses. Okay, so so they could they could right be now, nine. The three of them could be nine and eight. Right now, Seattle. Right now, Seattle. Well, the Packers play the Lions. Right, so they both can't be nine and eight. No. So right now, Seattle wins a tiebreak over Green Bay. Um. So if the Packers win out, they eliminate the Lions. Correct. So then they would essentially need help from Washington and Seattle. Maybe. I'm not sure on the Seattle one. The The Packers currently have a tiebreak over Seattle or vice versa? Right now, currently, the uh, Seahawks are over the Packers. Wins tiebreak over Detroit based on head-to-head. So Seattle beat Detroit head-to-head. Division tiebreak was initially used to eliminate. See, I don't understand this. Then it says division tiebreak was initially used to eliminate Green Bay. Detroit wins tiebreak over Green Bay based on head to head. Right, but it doesn't matter overhead. It doesn't matter if if the if the Packers beat the Lions down the stretch. It doesn't matter. True, the Lions will be out. One more loss for the Lions in Seattle, and they're out. Essentially, I'm, I'm gonna say this. I'm gonna say this much about the Packers. And Aaron Rodgers still didn't play like his best game yesterday or anything. I'll say this though. People might think I'm crazy. We talk quarterbacks all the time on this show and the importance. You do not want Aaron Rodgers making the playoffs because here's why it's different. He seems to choke and play shitty when all the pressure's on him. There will be zero pressure if they get a seven seed and they have to play a Vikings or a Niners team. Okay. But so hear me out here. And this and I'm just gonna say this, and I know. Fucking Vikings lunatics are going to continue to lose their fucking mind. But if the Packers beat the Vikings, which they need to do to get in, Correct. Packers need to win both their games. If the Packers, 
Here's both at home, by the way, both in Lambeau. Right. If the Packers beat the Vikings, which they need to do, they need to w- win both games. It, it leaves the door open for the Niners to slide into the two spot. Correct. Which for me would be glorious. If the Giants get into the playoffs and are six seed and get another shot at a th- at a three seed Vikings because the Vike the Packers beat them to get in. Great. Because here's the thing. I love our chances. Obviously look what happened a 61 yard field goal for the win. I love our chances against the Vikings. The New York giants will get butt fucked by the 49ers. They will get absolutely butt fucked. Their defense is too good. Their pass rush is too good. The giants, offense line is not good enough they won't be able to run the ball the way they would need to to be effective the i like the giants chances to win a game in minnesota against the team they just played and i hate their chances against the niners that being said i feel the same way about the packers if the packers get in they have to beat the vikings but beating the vikings would probably mean the vikings falling to three and then the nine, and then the Packers getting in as a seven seed and having to play the Niners, they'll get murdered. Meanwhile, if the Packers could somehow play the Vikings, they'll win the game. I see. I don't agree there. I don't think the Pack. Here, here's the thing. Maybe I'm still drinking the Aaron Rodgers Kool Aid too much. This is what I think. If the Packers get in as a seven and have to play San Francisco, suddenly you have Brock Purdy's first playoff game. He, dude, there's going to be pressure there at home. Aaron Rodgers, again, he's got nothing to lose. If if the Packers get boat raced, whatever, everybody's going to say, we saw that coming. I just think everybody tightens up in the playoffs, right? Aaron Rodgers himself does because they have all those good records and they're playing in Lambeau. I just don't think there's pressure. I know they have a good defense. I don't know, man. I don't I just, like any, I don't like, I don't like anybody's, any of the six, seven seeds potential six, seven seeds chances against the Niners, but I love every potential six, seven seeds chances against the Vikings. I gotcha. Vikings is where's well, What's some respect on our name. The chances of kicking a 61 yard field goal in the same season where you recover a fumble in the your own end zone with three seconds left in the game is one in 46 billion. But that's why we're the team of destiny. I don't think deep down Vikings fans really believe they have a chance. They do, Andy. They do. I fucking Who? seen it. I live Who? it. I see it. Look at my mentions. Look at my mentions. They believe it. They believe in Kirk Cousins. They truly believe it. They believe they're good. They believe they're they believe they're they believe this is their Super Bowl season. They believe they're a team of destiny. Instead of looking at needing miracles, literal instead of looking at the fact that they needed literal miracles to beat a Giants team, to beat a Colts team, to beat a Bills team. Instead of looking at, at the chances of three miracles happening in a season, they're looking at we the miracle keep happening to us because we are a team of destiny. Kirk Cousins' father has blessed us at his super church. We are the chosen team. And all I can say as a guy who watched a game on the road in Minnesota with multiple huge drops 
uh, uh, for the Giants is today, today, sign me up for going back to Minnesota. Give me a Dory Jackson back off the injury. Give me Xavier McKinney and give me another shot at this Vikings team. Where hopefully our defensive coordinator will say, oh, not only does Kirk Cousins continue to suck against the blitz the way he sucked against the blitz from the day he came into the NFL, but when he sucks against the blitz, he just chucks it to the single greatest receiver in football. So let's just strategize that if we're going to blitz, we're also going to take away his first and only read. The, the fraudulent Vikings. Yeah, I think this is 11-0 Steelers a couple of years ago for sure. You know who I would not want to There's, play in the playoffs. Who's that? The Jags. Yeah. Like I'm really starting to buy in to the Jags because they're going to win that division, I think. The Titans just... Dude, you're losing. I understand there was weather and, you know, the game had to start late because this half the country just got destroyed by, like, dude, you can't lose at home to the Texans. You just can't. You can't. Their final game is against Jacksonville. I just think, I think the Jags win. And here's the thing. You know, the Jags would get a four seed. Right. I, w- I wouldn't want to play them if I was anybody. And, and in fact, if it ended today, and the Jags played Baltimore. I I I'd, I'd take the Jags straight up at home. I don't know, man. This year is crazy. I feel like something wild is going to happen in the playoffs that we didn't see. Well, I feel like the I, I, here's what here's my prediction for the playoffs. I feel like anything that wild anything wild that happens in the in the AFC is going to happen early. And I'm not saying that there's not a chance a Chiefs or a Bengals or a Bills team can get upset. But I'm saying, and this isn't some major leap, I think it's the Chiefs, the Bills, or the Bengals that represent the AFC in the Super Bowl. Obviously not a big leap, but I think what we're in for is some sort of, you remember it from our childhood. We went through many years where teams... We go through a whole playoffs, and really the Super Bowl happened the week before. You know, Niners, Cowboys, or whoever, you know, Niners, Giants, and then whichever team gets in just absolutely kicks the shit out of the other team. Like, I think we're That's looking at a year. Say, I think, think I think we're looking at a year where a two week break between Super Bowl, some we're, we're, we're getting an old school 38 14 game was over. We're in for the commercials Super Bowl this year. I got gotcha. you. Unless, of course, and obviously there's a chance that this could happen, unless, of course, the Niners sneak in with that defense, in which case, you know, it probably doesn't get out of hand. But I still think we're looking at probably a old school 90s Super Bowl. And this time it's, it's one of those teams from the AFC gets in. And I think they probably have a have a walk walking victory on Super Bowl Sunday. Well, this week's game that we'll be at, I mean, talk about huge implications. So, Bengals, Bills, Monday Night Football. The Bills win, they keep that number one seed for the time being. 
if the Bengals win, they jump the Bills to get that number two seed. So a lot is on the line and keeps their hopes of a number one seed alive. Yeah, huge implications. Just huge. And if the Bengals lose, conversely, their final game against the Ravens will be for the division. division, Provided that the Ravens don't lose another game. I'm so glad the NFL flexed Pittsburgh and the Ravens. I'm so excited for that 10-9 to Sunday night football game that we're going to have next week. Come on. There couldn't have been a better game than that. What are you doing, NFL? We got to talk about this chief super fan who robbed the bank. Yeah. Now, a lot of people DM me about this, and I saw this, and I forgot to mention it. Have you heard about this story? I've I've heard about it. I don't know all the details. I'll tell you what I do know. Chief super fan, very active in chief's conversations, social media, message boards, etc., Goes missing. They don't know why. Turns out he robbed a bank. Was he arrested while robbing the bank? Dude, here's the best part. So he robbed the bank in the same outfit that he wears to the Chiefs games. Right. So he dresses as a uh, as a wolf. Why? I don't know. He wears a wolf costume at the games, like a full wolf costume with a the Chiefs hat over it and a Chiefs shirt and Chiefs shorts. His name is uh, Xavier or Xavier. I don't know how it's pronounced. Babudar, B-A-B-U-D-A-R. He's more known for his social media handle, Chiefsaholic. So we see this with the NFL. They get like wild super fans, like to the point, like the chiefs were doing stuff with this guy, right? A lot of these teams are smart and they, they cling on to like, Oh, this is super fan. Let's promote this. People eat this shit up. So this guy went MIA and he's like at most of the games, or at least he's tweeting about them. And he wasn't tweeting because he was arrested on December 16th and booked in Tulsa. Here's the best part. On his way to the Chiefs-Texans game, he robbed the bank. This is something a in movie his, in, in his in his famous Chiefs fan outfit. Well, like what was what was that plan? Not in the Chiefs outfit, but the Wolf outfit. Right. <laughs> this guy is fucked. His bomb was set at two hundred thousand dollars. And uh, he did it, yeah, in Tulsa. He ar- he was charged with armed robbery at the Tulsa Teachers Credit Union. And they got him. I, I mean, mean of, all, of all the places to rob the Teachers Credit Union, you know, <laughs> is, there, is there anybody more prepared for a guy walking in with a gun than a teacher? <laughs> You should have robbed the fucking police officers credit union. They don't do shit about people with fucking guns. Teachers, they're the ones that got to fucking do some shit. Well, they got him, man. They got him. And uh... the best part is last month on Twitter, he said, uh, I make a good living. Plus, I hustle in private. House money I'm playing with, to be honest. That's a very Jameis one of one sounding tweet reply right 
Oh, wait, he wasn't wearing a mask? No. The cops confirmed he wasn't wearing costume stock. Well, I thought he was. This ruins the story. No, and but I, and I had heard that they found him out through like a ankle tattoo or something like that because he's always wearing fucking shorts. So he has an Andy Reid ankle tattoo. It's fucking hilarious. Like a doodle. You know the doodle things? It's like a small little doodle. So the rumor is that he's been maybe robbing a bunch of banks. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. That he's been robbing a bunch of banks. This is wild. This will make a great movie. Who's going to play him? That's hilarious. I'm not buying the Chiefs this year. I'm just not. You're not buying the Chiefs this year. No. I'm not. I think it's going to be Bills or Bengals in the Super Bowl. Well, let, let's let's look at it right now. I mean, obviously, a lot's going to change, but it almost likely, right, that we get a one, two, three beat uh, Chiefs, Bills, Bengals, right? Most likely. One of those two teams has to lose this week. If the, the situation is this, if you get if you get a Jacksonville win like you, you know, are would currently be betting on against let's say a 5 seed Baltimore, right? I don't think any of either of us like the Chargers or Miami's chances against really Chiefs, Buffalo, Cincinnati. I think I did predict like a Chargers like upset, but like in Arrowhead, it's not happening. Um so you're looking at a 1 2 3 4 Buffalo, Kansas City, Cincinnati, Jacksonville, round two. I really think it's the team that just like doesn't have to play both of them. Like I think if which you, would be the if, one if, seed, right? So if the one seed is if the Chiefs end up with the one seed, they get to play Jacksonville, and then you got to have you get you get to be at home in Arrowhead against a Buffalo or Cincinnati team that's coming off of. I can only imagine would be, uh, you know, potentially a third, a second game in three weeks and blah, 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 blah. It just seems like that. That's to me what gives. I, I believe I believe in them just as much as I believe in anybody else who who gets the one seed. Yeah. It, it is crazy. Like we have a three headed monster. Uh, like legit. Like even know. even the same thing if if let's say it was you know let's say let's say the Chiefs are the two seed you know and they've got to go they've got to the, the chance like we've already seen let's say the Chiefs are the two seed and the Bengals are the three seed we've already seen the Bengals go into Arrowhead and win but let's say the Chiefs managed to beat a a Bengals team in Arrowhead it's just the kind of game that's like man I don't really love them going to Buffalo after that yeah. That's the thing about those three teams. It's like one of them's gonna the one seed's probably gonna be able to avoid, you know, the other two. Sure. And just have to play one. Well, I I'd say like is I don't know off the top of my head the, the Bills best complete game of the year, like against a good team. The Bengals best complete game by far was the Kansas City game. Like I never that game I was like the Bengals are like the Bengals played great on both sides of the ball. 
I don't know Kansas City's best all-around game because we're seeing it this year, right? Like no lead. The, the Bengals had blew a 22-point lead in arguably a game they should have lost to New England. Yeah. Because the NFL, is, it's, it's, it's wonky like that. It's crazy like that. Like no lead. The, the modern NFL, I just no lead is safe, which to me makes it so much more entertaining. Because why? Like and here, here's what I want to say about that, about no lead being safe. When are coaches going to adjust and stop, dude, running the ball in timeouts to me is not, that's not a thing anymore, man. I just don't think it is, Joe. I think you got, you got to get a first down or two. Right. And, and honestly, and we, we talked about it last week, the, you know, the call about what the giants do with the contracts of Jones and Saquon and whatever, but like that's, you know, there's, there's a couple guys in the league, a Saquon Barkley, for example, where it's like, if you have a lead, you can kind of trust like, Oh, let's feed this guy the ball and, and we'll take our chances, run the clock out or swing, pass it out to him and whatever. But for the most part, I agree with you, which is like, if, if you don't have that kind of guy, if you don't have that kind of back where you can get him the ball in different ways, you, yeah, you need to throw some screens or you need to throw some easy completions or you need whatever, because it's stupid to try to just say, Hey, we're going to run the ball. You're some of those short screens or, or even slants or whatever. It's like, they, they're almost never incomplete. It's really not a matter of you like, Oh, the ball was knocked down and now the clock stops. It's like, just, it, it gives you so much more versatility in uh, uh, getting first downs and moving the ball along. If you're, if you're not just li- lining up and running it off tackle. But not even just the clock. To me, 30 seconds, right? How many times are you going to see this? If, if if you give a team 30 seconds with no timeouts and you tell them they got to get 40 yards, how many times are we going to see that? Like, it's not that difficult. Yeah. They, they get one 15 to 20 yard pass. And suddenly, I, I just think it blows my mind all these games and you see these coaches get so conservative. And I always think in my head, dude, you got like, you got to pass the ball. What's the difference between them getting? To me, there is no difference. Maybe I'm crazy to say this. There's no difference between a team getting the ball with like 30 seconds or 50 seconds. Like, I just don't see that much of a difference when these teams can just move the ball down the field. And also, these kickers have legs, man. Like, look who you're telling. I mean, I'm just saying, like, and I know that's a little different because that's in a dome, right? So it's a controlled environment. But even outside, like, these guys can mostly, mostly all of them can make consistently almost up to 55 yards. So the, you know, the argument of playing concerted, I, I just don't see it anymore. I mean, you know, I think you're a great example of it, Andy, no lead safe in this league. I've now pulled even with you in our pick them. Yeah. You, so I have to, ch- you, 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 try, you tried to go into hold the ball mode. I did. No, you, no. You see, to, I should have, I should have done four minute offense. Yeah. I should have done that. Four minute offense. Just play it safe. I don't mind losing to you on certain games, but yeah. like this week. Shout out to all the dirt balls who DM'd me because I told them to go back and listen to me, uh, put you into uh, the Jets crate during that pick. The Bucks, Jets, and Broncos picks by me. And there's our difference right there in the lead. The Broncos, the Broncos, I mean, the Broncos got absolutely fucking smacked, but there's, you know, Besides the fact that I was just like, I, you know, I need to pick different than Andy right now. And so fuck it. Why not ride or die? Let's ride on not riding with Russell Wilson. Um, but I don't think anybody saw a 50 no. point blowout loss. 
the Bucks to me, the Bucks have scored, uh, you know, the fact that it was on the road was just that simple. The Bucks have scored 20 to- points. That is their highest point total on the road this year. They scored 20 points on the road. I guess that's in my it. head, that's, that's their biggest. In my head, I was like, okay, this, to be honest, this is what I thought in my head. And I didn't know that stat. That's a great stat. I wish I would have known that before. In my head, I was thinking, you're playing Trace McSorley. In my head, I thought the Cardinals get 10 points. And I wasn't that far off. They got 16. Yeah. In my head, I'm thinking they get one touchdown and one field goal, and the Bucs can muster 20 points. That's what I thought. I thought it would be like a 20 to 10 game. I just thought seven and a half too big for a team that can't score more than 20 points on the road. And here and we I, are. And, 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 I, and also, I would have bet any, I would have bet $1 million on the Bucs winning that game outright. Well, here we are. The Bucs going to make the playoffs. I mean, it's it's absolutely ridiculous. I, I want I want to look at the the prize picks play for tonight. Okay, we got Monday Night Football Dirtballs. If you have not signed up yet, hop on, download the Prize Pick app, and play daily fantasy sports with us. Again, make sure you use promo code Dirty when you sign up. I'm on a little a little winning streak right now. I'm gonna have to. Post a lock pick tonight. All first-time users that deposit and use promo code DIRTY will receive 100% instant deposit match up to 100 bucks. So if you deposit 100 bucks, prize picks will give you 100 bucks. Let's see who we got tonight over at prize picks. Ooh, I don't like the quarterbacks. I don't like Justin Herbert, 280 and a half. I wouldn't touch that. Not off the top of my head, I wouldn't touch that. You know yes. what I like? I like going with the running backs on the receiving yards. Austin Eckler, 34 and a half. That's an interesting play. Right? Because he's one of those guys who can just have like one long screen for 2025, and that makes it a lot easier. We got... Uh, these are some interesting plays. Oh, you know what I like? I like the kickers. This is what I like. Both kickers are at one and a half field goals made. Yeah. More than more than more. I was just gonna say I do more than more than on both. I think I think I think we get two field goals at least from both kickers. I, I think that I'm telling you, when you guys are on prize picks, this is one of the plays no one looks at, and I've won multiple times on this. Because normally they put the kickers at one and a half. Do more than more than on tonight's game. I do have a bone to pick with you, Joe. Oh, boy. Here we go. Yeah. I got a bone to pick with you. Uh, I can't even. I don't even know where this is going to go. You're not going to see it coming. Okay. It's about, I'm ready. It's about, it's about your Christmas Eve tweet. Okay. So you tweeted. Are you a Christmas Eve family? Hold on. Hold on. I want to oh read what you tweeted goodness. first. You tweeted on Christmas Eve. Families who open presents on Christmas Eve are insane. Imagine if some people were like, in quotes, we eat our Thanksgiving turkey on Wednesday and insisted they were normal. Correct. That's a wild take, in my opinion. Let's discuss. Well, there's two. First of all, there's two different things. If you're like, hey, I do my Christmas with my family. We do Chris. This is our Christmas day. 
But on Christmas Eve, we go to our grandparents See, or whatever. That's what I want to discuss. You open, you, open some, you open some gifts there or whatever. I'm talking about there are families who open their gifts. Their gifts. There are families who do. Santa has come. Let's all sit around the tree and open our Christmas presents on Christmas Eve. But see, that's not clarified in the tweet. So here's what I want to say. We obviously growing up always did Christmas Day. I have four brothers, big family. Right. Congratulations. You're normal. Once everybody got at once everybody got old enough and we knew Santa wasn't a thing. Spoiler alert for anybody out there who believes in Santa. We want to have young dirt balls. Imagine if there's like some 10 year old dirt balls like, what? Santa doesn't exist. Sorry. A fat guy does not climb down the chimney. Can you, can you imagine if there's a guy who's like, and he's a cock. He likes all different things. Russell Wilson's a fraudulent piece of fucking trash. Santa's not real. <laughs> so like my family, once we got to that point, because my mom's, we used to always go out to the farm where my mom grew up. And then when my grandmother passed, then everybody started coming to my parents. So like Christmas day, her side came. So my mom started doing, Hey, we're going to open our presents on Christmas Eve. And then I continued. Also listen, Andy, also listen, Andy, you know, you, you have four brothers. If you guys all got together on Christmas Eve and the, your brother gave you your gifts and you gave your brother your gifts because on Christmas day, they're going to his your own family. wife's family's yeah. house. And whatever. But I'm talking about the kids. At okay. Christmas and the kid, the Christmas, Christmas, I got gotcha. you. Morning, Christmas. You so you're talking Christmas, all the gifts. The gifts. Okay. Everybody sits around. There's a big, there's a big garbage bag for all the paper. I got gotcha. the whole thing. We're doing Christmas. I got gotcha. you. Do that on Christmas Eve. You're insane. <laughs> and the re- okay, and, okay. And now, here's the reason. I get it. The now. reason that you're insane. The reason that you're insane is because the whole world's telling you you're insane, and you're like, no. No, that's the way to do it. It like it would be like I agree. Again, my tweet, my tweet is: imagine some guy coming in. He's like, "No, we do all the stuff and we do all the thing. We do it Wednesday." And you'd be like, "What are you talking about? The whole world does it Thursday. There's a parade. There's football games. We're not weird. You're weird." And they're like, "No, no, 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 no. Wednesday. Some people do Wednesday. It's like, no, you're insane. I gotcha. No, okay, that makes sense." There's thousands of years of Christmas lore. Santa's not coming to some houses in the afternoon on Christmas Eve. You know what I mean? I, I gotcha. Stop. Don't be the family that opens shit on Christmas Eve. Well, I, I never even would have thought that. That's why I was confused. I was like, this oh. tweet. I'm like, people are saying, like, people are telling their kids, hey, Santa came. There are some Christmas people Eve. who open their gifts in mass on Christmas Eve. I gotcha. With their own individual family. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's why I'm like, because when you have a lot of families involved, it's like, oh man. Okay. Yeah. I don't know, man. That's that like, like I would assume that's part of the fun, especially as parents of the kids are in bed and they wake up Christmas morning. There's nothing. I'm sure it's exhausting, but there's gotta be nothing like that. Was it you who said a Christmas story is not like your top 10? Oh, yeah. It's not. I don't. I've watched a Christmas story like all, all the way through like twice in my life. Don't need to see it. Never need to see it again. Wow. Yeah, get, honestly, get angry at clips of it. Well, the, the, there's the there's the Zach Braff T-Mobile commercial where he's licking the pole. I'm like, really? We're doing this? 
enough. Uh, uh, some, some, somebody asked me my top five Christmas movies the other day. Die Hard, Die Hard, Die Hard, Die Hard. <laughs> no, I said Scrooged, The Ref, Elf. What else was on my list? Uh, Christmas Vacation. And what was my fifth spot? Home Alone. No, no It's a Wonderful Life. No. Top five. Top five in terms wow. of rewatchability. In terms of things I turn on every year. Scrooge is my number one. The ref's my number two. I'd say Home Alone three. Christmas Vacation four. L five. Home Alone three? Home Alone is my number oh, three oh, movie. Oh. No, it's a wonderful life. I watched that last night. I'm just I saying ha- it's. I, I, I don't. I, I don't. I have mind to admit, it. I have a lot of questions now. Like, I've watched it the last two years. George Bailey is is the worst. I mean, I'm not saying I'm on Potter's side. He, hear me out. George Bailey is the worst. He really is the worst businessman of all time. So people are getting houses. You're doing all this work. Like there's a lot of work when you when you have to get a, a home loan and it's a thorough people know like it's a thorough process. He's not making any money off this. You're building entire subdivisions, making no like, dude, you're the worst businessman of all time. Like, I understand like all these companies are and in fact, I'm gonna take it, I'm gonna take it one step further. And I'm sure my girlfriend didn't like hearing this because she kept being like, What are you talking about? We're watching it last night, and I'm like. I'm like, this is why the financial crisis happened. They were given loans to people who should not have gotten loans. Like George Bailey thinks like, I understand those were big banks doing it that were, should not have been giving them the people, but like, that's yeah. kind of what he's doing. He's yeah. like, Hey, you can't afford this house. George, George Bailey is the Broncos GM. <laughs> George Bailey is absolutely doing the Russ deal. <laughs> I like that. It's a great title for an episode too. Yeah, give them all the draft picks. Why not? Fifty million dollars. We'll extend him. And then, well, give him more draft picks. Who cares? Potter offers him twenty thousand dollars a year. Let me remind people who haven't seen in a while. He offers him twenty thousand dollars a year after he had just told him he makes. $45 a week. So Potter's offering him 10 times his salary. Think Joe, if you could make 10 times what you make, like that's a lot of money. And he's like, no, I can't do it. I don't, I don't, I don't know why I made it. A 30s gangster. <laughs> Take your offer somewhere else, see? Yeah, see, I'm not taking it. Oh, come on, Potter. I can't do that. Now I mean, little, little Adam Sandler. Stop looking at me, Swan. Stop looking at me, Potter. Yeah, I was thinking about you, Teal, but then... I'm just saying, like, it's a good movie, but I am questioning. So is it in your top five? I don't know anymore, dude. I like it. It's not in your top five, dude. It's not in your top five. I'm just questioning George Bailey's... Top five Christmas movies don't include Die Hard for the sake of this podcast and me flipping out and flipping this table. But see, I like like Christmas. Christmas Story is by far my top five. Oh, that's fine. You're allowed to have it your top five. 
you know, I, I just, I know I like it's a wonderful life, but also he's not to just destroy. Is, George home, is home alone in your top five? I don't know. I have to rewatch wow. it. I have to rewatch. You have it. to rewatch home alone, but you know, Christmas stories in your top five. Who are you? I watch Christmas story every year. You should watch home alone every year. Uh, you probably watch Christmas vacation every year. I, I'd, I'd have to rewatch home alone. Christmas more- vacations in your top five. Yeah, for sure. One more thing about George Bailey, also about his questionable decision making. And I hate to just rate the guy over the coals, but come on, making sus decisions. He's given money, like the, the, the actress, or I don't know her name, the actress who plays Violet, who's kind of like the town floozy. He's given her side money. I'm just saying, like, you're giving, it's not a good look, man. You're giving side money to a girl that is not even like your side piece. And your family's not exactly doing the best, but you're giving cash to Violet. Not a good look, bro. Like George Bailey, everyone says he's the great guy. He might be, but he's the worst decision maker when it comes to anything with any logical common sense. Therefore, George Bailey, episode 896, is the Broncos GM. Would that be John Elway? No, John Elway's gone. He's he's not making football decisions anymore. He's done. Yeah. Let's hop into a couple calls. I think these are mostly non-sports related. Great. We'll start, we'll start with uh, our buddy McKay down from uh, Houston who took us to the Astros game. Hey, Dirty Sports. This is McKay from Houston, Texas. Uh, I've been re- uh, listening to a lot of prank phone calls. And I was just wondering, you can't really do that nowadays. And there, there's not a lot of comedians that would, you know, try and do it just because we have caller IDs and everything. Like Jim, Jim Florenstein, he's pretty funny doing uh, prank phone calls. But I was just wondering if you guys have ever done any funny prank phone calls or you, do you think that that type of comedy could still exist today? Um, have a great holidays and a happy new year and stay dirty. Bye. I mean, are we doing this again? First of all, that comedy can still exist today. Second of yeah. all, you can still do prank phone calls. There's, there's ways to mask your number. There's, there's also just people there. People will just answer their phones. Now they might call you back or whatever. Uh, I think people are less likely to answer like no caller ID these days. Oh man. But when you talk about prank phone calls, I mean, John and Mikey and myself, we said, I mean, the prank for, I, I, there's, there's one specific guy that we would prank repeatedly. And I'm not even going to tell that story. That's, that's going to have to be, you'll get it in person because the, the guy may or may not have honestly killed himself over the, over some of the, the things John was telling him to do on the guys that he was his doctor. He was telling him to, you know, drink bleach for his his cough and stuff like that. Anyway, that, that guy Monroe Jackson also claimed to have known who we were, and therefore he was like, "I know who you are. You're the Puerto Ricans across the way." And then when we called him the next week, he's like, "Wait, I already shot you." And we we're like, "Oh God!" So there's a deep file with Monroe. Oh, we called John called him every day for a year and a half, every single day. Um, but some of my favorite pranks, th- my my favorite. Uh, two pranks, and these are horrible, horrible. 
um, these were, these were two go-tos, uh, that, that me and my brothers would do one, you call somebody up and you go, and right when they answer, you just go mom. And then they tell you basically their son's name, you know, you just go mom. And then you're, you know, your mom would have been like, Andy, are you okay? You're like, nah, mom, I'm fucked up. Took a whole bunch of drugs. I'm fucking, I'm stuck. I'm on the corner of 125th street at Broadway in Harlem. I need you guys to come get me. And this would be before there was like cell phones or whatever. So they would just be like, stay where you are. We are coming right now. And you send these parents out into the night in search of their child. It's probably at their friend's house or something like that. Unreal. And then the other one, the other one, this is horrible. John used to call people and go, I think I hit your dog. And they'd be like, what? He'd be like, I think I hit your dog. And they'd be like, oh my God, what? He's like, yeah, I called this is I'm calling the number from the collar. And they'd be like, is it a is it a golden retriever? And John would always be like, I don't know. I got scared and I kicked it down a sewer drain. And people would <laughs> what that was one, his line? Kicked yeah, it down a sewer drain. One lady, one lady fucking lost it. One lady was like, Oh, you know, like whatever her dog's name was. Oh, Fido! Like fell to her knees, like the end of fucking Shawshank Redemption, and was like Fido. And then all of a sudden, you could hear the fucking the collar ding, 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 and started like the the dog came because it heard its name. Started looking, she's like, "Oh, Fido, you're live. What are you doing?" <laughs> but John would call people all the time and go, I "Think I hit your dog?" Or it, is it a is it a poodle? You're like, I don't know. It's real bad. It's kind of a bloody pile of hair. So we used to prank call during sleepovers in grade school. Like that was a big thing is we prank call, but we prank call. We get out our school directory. And like Joe saying, you guys remember this is way before cell phones. This is prank calling the house. We we weren't as savage as you guys. We we prank call kids in our class. We prank call kids we knew, and the go to, which is kind of fucked fucked up, like it's not the worst, but it's still kind of funny, was that we would pose as other kids in the class, and we'd be inviting them over for a sleepover the next night. That was a stupid go to. You'd be like, "Hey, Brian, it's it's Jim. Hey, how you doing? You know, like." Hey man, what are you doing tomorrow night? You, my mom's gonna say, she's gonna order pizza and bring your sleeping bag. So for some reason, we thought that was so funny. Somebody showing up to somebody else's house, ready for a sleepover, and them knocking, like, "What are you doing here?" But my buddy, we did, we did, we did a very similar version, uh, but wait, obviously with a little more preno sad. But we would call people from the directory. We would be in high school. We'd leave like a high school party, and we'd know who was still at the party. And we look them up in the directory and we call their house and their parents would answer. And before they could say anything, we'd be like, Brian, you motherfucker, you leave me at a high school party with a bag of Coke and a girlfriend. You got pregnant, you piece of what am I supposed to do in this situation? And they'd be like, uh, this isn't Brian. This is Brian's dad. And we'd be like, uh, wrong number. We hang up. <laughs> <laughs> so my one buddy. I remember, and this, this is pretty messed up, but I don't care. I have to tell it. So by where I lived, a street, off, like two streets off of my parents' street. And look, again, guys, before I say this, like this is the 90s. Things were different. And like, I'm not justifying, but like it is what it is. There was this gay dude who lived uh, on Bernie Lane. This, this house that had an indoor pool. And he was so gay. you're about to admit to a hate crime. 
No, it's not a hate crime. Okay. It's just okay. it's, it's just messing with somebody. So okay. we knew he was gay. So my buddy would call him. I'm not gonna say his last name. His first name was Bruce. And my buddy would do the most classic, like effeminine. I was gonna say the voice he do now would just be canceled. It'd be like a stereotypical gay guy. And my buddy would call him and he'd be like, Bruce, how are you? And and here's the thing: the guy would never hang up ever. And he like he's probably in his 30s. He'd be like, Who is this? And he'd be like, It's Brian. I met you at the and he'd pick out some gay bar from Cincinnati and he'd be like, I met you there this this Saturday. And he'd be like, How'd you get my number? And he'd be like, You gave it to me. And here's the thing: this guy, one time, I'm not lying. He was on the phone with this guy for like 30 minutes. He kept being like, How'd you? And I'm thinking, I remember thinking, like, dude, how, why are you not just hanging up? And 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 he'd always call this Bruce guy. <laughs> Every time you'd be like, how is he thinking this happened? Like, did he get loaded at this gay bar every Saturday? <laughs> like, and he'd always mess with them. And this guy would always fall for it every single time. And like I said, he'd do the most effeminate, like stereotypical offensive gay voice. And this guy would always fall for it. Bruce. Fucking Bruce. Bruce. They're not saying boo. They're saying Bruce. <laughs> We also had a double line phone system. So we would call people and pair them and then mute ourselves out. And it would seem like they were calling each other. And I think I've told this on this show too. Yeah. Uh, uh, we would call like Chinese restaurants, two different Chinese restaurants, and they'd think they were placing the order. And it was, it was wild. But uh, um, we also, and I think I've told this story on the show. This is, this is the, this is the craziest uh, prank situation ever. So we had a friend. I won't name his name because I don't know the uh, statute of limitations on this. He was a little older than us, but he was a he was very like computer savvy. He and um, when when the Internet first became a thing, he would he would set up home networks. So you remember how you would have to connect all your computers like thing. So he went over to Chevy Chase's house who lived in our hometown and he set up his home network. And when he was there, he downloaded Chevy Chase's digital Rolodex onto a disk and he Shut brought up. it home and we i swear to god we literally had chevy chase's digital rolodex and i mean think of all the people that were in it like i mean insane lauren everybody who's ever been on snl musical guests whatever like insane so we would call two people from snl and then mute ourselves out and have them like talking to each other one time we called uh it was the number it was sting and Dan Aykroyd. Shut up. I swear to God. Shut up. I swear to God, Dan Aykroyd had like Sting's wife on the or Sting's wife had Dan Aykroyd on the phone. It's like, we've been trying to get in touch with you guys about this charity thing. Are you guys coming or not? And then Dan Aykroyd was like, uh, 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 I'll talk to the wife when she gets back. Uh, I, I don't know. The plan. I gotta go. We would pair all, Steve Martin. It's funny. Steve Martin and Martin Short now doing, uh, all, all, only merged in the building. We had them on the phone together. We had what was funny is Bill Murray. There's a um, there's a uh, famous thing that Bill Murray doesn't have a you if you want to get in touch with Bill Murray, it's a voicemail. And at the time, I didn't know like this wasn't popular or like lore or whatever. But you would call Bill Murray and you would just get a weird voicemail box. Um, so many famous people, and we would pair them together and just listen. 
should have led with that. That's crazy. Yeah, it was crazy. That's wild. All right, let's get to another call. Once again, the hotlines three one zero three five nine. So many famous, like the the amount of famous people we got. We got. Oh, he cut right out. Then you got who? You there? No, you're good. Yeah, I'm good. You said just, we got yeah, it, it. Cut out. We you got, said we. I, I think it's, we just got everybody. Oh, gotcha. Okay, all right. Let's do. Uh, let's do a let's do a call. A question for me, inspired by the two fridges. Yeah, boys. Long time dirtball here. Um, been around since the original two fridges story was told. Um, just listening to the podcast back. I thought you guys referencing it. Uh, got me thinking, Andy, and I guess Joe can put, throw some input on, on this question. Have you had more or less girls that you've ever slept with over a six on the 10 scale or under a six on the 10 scale? More over or more under? Um, so that's my first question. The, the other thing is uh, you guys have the thousands episode coming up. Any ideas for what you guys want to do? Just throwing this out there, maybe a, a little uh, he who shall not be named uh, surprise phone call, uh, possibly even a, even a, a, a Ethan phone call. Maybe just address him as Ethan only and see if he gets irritated by it. Um, just throwing some, uh, you know, influential old dirtball uh, um, highlights out there, see what you guys might be thinking. Uh, or what are you thinking, if not? All right, stay dirty. Wow, it's getting, it's getting, this one's, this one's going to make me think. So the girls I've slept with, are we saying more or less on a six out of a 10? That's probably your, here, here's, here's what I'll say. This number six is probably around the median, I would say for me. Like. You're you're saying if 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 he'd asked a five, you'd be like over. And if he'd asked a seven, you'd be like under. But it might be a good six might be the perfect balance. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, here's the thing when it comes to that stuff. Like everyone has different taste, right? Right, right. But in your opinion. I'd definitely say over. I mean, I've made some reckless decisions. Now, look, if you guys want me to be fully honest now, I'm gonna take a lot of crap for this. I don't care. Uh I've always said you go for the sixes and sevens. Like if you're trying to pick a girl up at a bar, go for the sixes and sevens. If you're just trying to get laid, that's always been my approach. Cause it's usually easier to happen. If, if that's your goal, if you're, if, if, okay, if we're trying to meet, tell, a goal, tell me if, tell me if this is a, a, a correct theory for Andy Ruther. I feel like if, if he asked, for girls that you had sex with on more than one night, you'd be like, like way over six. Correct. I feel like your I feel like your balance here is one nighters. One nighters. You went home with some less than favorable. Oh yeah, you made some less. You made some less than favorable oh, yeah. decisions. No denying that. That's a good didn't point. You, didn't you have a homeless girl at your place at one point? <laughs> I think she was, I, I think she might've been homeless. <laughs> I'm taking 
tons of shit at home tonight. Two fridges, homeless. Yeah. I mean, I now, made some- let, let me ask you, let me ask you a question. More or, or less sixes. No, let's do more or less. If the number is five instead of six, more or less, just one night stands alone. I, I still think it's more sixes. I mean, yeah. I mean, I'd have to go through, I don't know, you know, like you forget a lot of things. I don't know. Yeah. I, I still would like to say more. I mean, I don't know. It, it's funny. Like I think about things sometimes and I'm just like, what the hell? Like I was, people don't know, you know, people don't like have any perspective who are relatively new to me how i was you know what i'm saying like i had dinner with my girlfriend's two brothers and sister-in-law last week like a nice little like christmas dinner on like tuesday we went to like a nice restaurant and like it's funny like they have no concept it's so funny like they always forget i don't drink and it's not a big deal they're just like oh we forgot and like they like my girlfriend Brittany was like, yeah, uh, like you guys don't really know. And then I just kind of laugh. And then like they saw the picture of me after the denting. And then it's like, holy shit. <laughs> you know, like the famous who, one. Of me. Who hadn't seen that? My girlfriend's brothers and oh, her oh, sister. Got, 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 got. Does that make sense? Yeah. My girlfriend made that a Christmas ornament last year to roast me. She's got a good sense yeah. of humor. She literally turned that into a Christmas ornament, my face, to make fun of me. So, like, she gets it. But, like, they saw that picture. And the funny thing is her brother's younger. Her brother's 25. And the first thing he said was, like, face. Let's talk about this outfit. He's like, you're wearing dad socks yeah. and dad shoes. And you're at the, like, what? <laughs> like, we're, he's like, what? like everything, everything here is off. Like, what are you doing? Well, that, I mean, and that, that's where, that's where the, the, the conversation is beauty's in the eye of the beholder and any given moment. I mean, there was, there was, there was one point where your, your girlfriend, you know, there's a picture of you, Andy, where you were a three, you know, you had an eye patch on and dad socks. Like, oh yeah, no, for sure. I know. I know. But, but you know, you know what I'm saying? Like when people don't like. I'm not one to like, I'm not sitting here trying to hype up my wild days to, you know, my girlfriend's brother. It's not like they want to hear that stuff. Cause it's like, right. I, I just know they don't, I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to toot my own horn, but it's like, they don't know how fucking nuts I could be like back right. in the day. And uh, now, now you're sober wearing cat sweatshirts. Now I'm sober wearing cat sweatshirts, taking a break mid podcast to let a multi poo out the backyard. And then wiping his paws off because they're covered in snow. Yeah. For some people, for some people, you're 10, you know, you're an adult, you got a house, you got a dog, you got to let outside in your Christmas sweater. And for some people, you're two. The idea of you <laughs> in a cat sweater and then having a, you're taking your multi poo out, they're like, this, this is disgusting. I agree. 310-359-8365. That's it's the hotline. Beauty's in the eye of the beholder, everybody. 
Seattle no, fans, is. Seattle fans thought Russ was a ten. Broncos fans think he's a two. I always thought he was more of like a four and a half. I still think you can't play any worse next year, right? No, but let me say this. This almost came up before. I cannot wait for the new coach postseason return. There's going to be so much return of Russ hype going into next year. Everybody's going to be like, but if Russ gets it right, I think we, I think we see the old Russ this year. But let me ask this, though. What if, what if hypothetically he throws for 4,000 yards, 30 touchdowns, 10 interceptions next year, and they win 10 games? What about it? Like then, then where where do we have Russ? Well, the the Kansas City Chiefs are still in division. The Chargers are still in division. The Broncos aren't winning ten games. No, I know you can say, but what if? I'm just saying. Also, ten games is the new. You know, eleven games is the new ten game. Okay, fair enough. But let me put this way: uh, uh, here, here's the thing. Does they does anybody out there want to make a wager on whether or not Russ wins another playoff game in his career? Our, if so, our hotline is what, Andy? 310-359-8365. I might do a small bet on that. Yeah? Uh, it'd be small because I don't have much faith in it. Like small, like 25 bucks. Just just for shits and giggles since, you know, he used to be my guy. But 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 speaking of... Like guys who you like thought, oh, this is done for or whatever. Probably, probably finishing his career in, in Denver, right? Because who else is gonna yeah go for him? And probably, do you think that there's a chance? And what would you say the chances are of the Broncos winning the division in the next in, in the, for the rest of his career? I mean, you got to say that's a pretty low, pretty low chance that they win the division, correct? Under under five percent. So. You're betting on wow, Russ winning a road playoff game. Correct. Our hotline for those people who want it. Yeah, I don't know if I want that bet because I'll be honest. Or those people, or those people who want to bet Kirk Cousins appears in an NFC Championship game or Super Bowl. I think if Russell Wilson has another bad year, he's going to retire. If he's smart. But look at Baker Mayfield, man. Like conversely. I mean, he played good yet. Like, here's the thing about Baker. He might be winning an opportunity to start somewhere next year. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, you can fit. E T S Jets, Jets, Jets. Okay. Then let's ask that question because he he basically lost out to Sam Darnold. Do they make the playoffs with Baker Mayfield this year as their start? I think the Jets are making the playoffs if Mike White started the whole season. Yeah. I know it's crazy. All right, guys, follow us on social. Jets have a. I think the Jets still have a very good chance of making the playoffs. Correct. I think so. They'd have have to win out. Yeah, they'd have to win out. I don't. It's it, dude. It's complicated. Yeah. If the if the Chargers lose tonight, and I don't think they will. If the Chargers lose tonight, that thing gets really complicated. Yeah. Real fast. All right. Follow us on social at the Dirty Sports. I'm at Andy Ruther. Yo.
I'm at Joe Prane on all social media, except for Twitter, where I'm still at Fix Your Life. Come see a show. Uh, I'll be in Cincinnati with Andy and Randy uh, and Jedediah for Bills Bengals. And from there, I'm off to New York. Uh, keep your eye on my social media or at JoePrano.com forward slash shows for New York dates that I will hopefully be adding soon. After that, I'm in Vegas at the Comedy Cellar. Vegas. After that, I'm at Dead Crow in Wilmington, North Carolina. After that, I'm at Sketchfest in San Francisco. So all those and more on my social media and my website. Real quick, and I hope people didn't completely tune us out. Could Sean Payton fix Russell Wilson? Uh, I'll just say this. Uh, Sean, I... Because they said he's putting, I don't know if you saw us, he's putting the team. They said when he where he coaches, he wants like the defensive coordinator handpick. Like he wants a team. Sean Payton does? Yeah, that's what they're saying. I think Sean Payton is overrated. Okay. Um, could Sean Payton fix Russell Wilson? Sean Payton could make Russell Wilson better than he is. For sure. But I don't think Sean Payton. Uh, the, the bottom line to me. Are you saying the Russell Wilson statistical days? The the 10, 11 wins, 3,800 passing yards, 33 touchdowns are done. Not necessarily, but what I think is, again, the, the statistics are nice and the you know winning 10 games is nice and all that. But I just think Russell Wilson, Russell Wilson's career in terms of even like I actually didn't think he had the potential but people would argue that he did because he had done it before but i think russell wilson's potential of leading a team into deep into the nfl playoffs is gone and and the reason is i think the same for the same reason we're in the situation that we are i don't think russell wilson makes shitty receivers great i don't think russell wilson is the guy who's going to sit back and be a game manager and, and simply on the fact that he's getting paid $40 million or $50 million a year or whatever it is now, like you're not going to be able to build that kind of defense. What made Russell great is exactly what makes him not great. Now he's expensive and he's not an elite quarterback. Yeah. Well, I'll be curious who they hire. Obviously, Sean Payton is the one everybody seems to want to go after. All right. That's our show. You guys enjoy this week. Hopefully, we get to spend some time off with the fam. We'll be back on Thursday, and then uh, you'll be coming in town. Huge game. All right, guys. Have a great week. See you soon. And as always, stay dirty.